because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Luke, pray for us, would you please, buddy? Mm-hmm. Yes. We'll be in Psalm 46 uh, just for a little bit if you would like to turn there. Uh, One of the, uh, uh, one of my favorite passages if you would. Psalm 46 verses 1, 2, and 3. Uh, Some great, great verses and we'll look at those here in just a minute. I've used those many times in, in funeral messages and other things and uh, just uh, just a great spiritual truth. And we'll look at that a little bit today. The title of the message is Fear Not. Fear Not. Okay. You know, last week we, we looked at uh, Fear God and, and, and how as Christians we are to come to Him with reverence, complete awe. We come to Him with honor and glory, realizing that He is the ultimate creator of the universe, that He is the, the God of all gods, if you would, and, and, and we are to fear Him. Now, that fear is not to be scared of God, even though that probably is something we should be at times scared of God. But that's not what he's talking about here. He's not talking about to fear God that we, we, we are scared of him and we shun him. No, no, no. To fear God means we are to run to him. We are to run away from sin. We are to run away from the temptation of sin. Anything that would pull us away from bringing glory and honor and reverence to holy God. And we looked at last week, how do we do that? How do we fear God. And if you remember part of the message, and I hope you do some of it, (laughs) the first thing that we have to do is hallow His name. That His name is special. His name is above every other name. And we are to treat His name as hallowed or honored, respected, reverence. We are to not put anything above Him in our lives. Nothing and no one should have preeminence in our lives but God the Father. There should be no other gods before us and not gods is a little g. Nothing should be more important in our lives than our relationship with Holy God and His Son, Jesus Christ. We looked at uh, uh, we are to love the things that He loves and to hate the things that He hates as we hallow His name and come in reverence to Him. We are to control our tongue because the wrath of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. We must be able to speak clearly and and positively in everything that we say. There should not come forth from our mouth, if you remember, both cursings and blessings. We must 
move must be reverent in everything that we do. We must obey Him and His commandments and stand on His commandments. And we are to praise Him when we're on the mountaintop. We're to praise Him when we're in the valley. We are to worship Him by bowing the knee in submission to who He really is in our lives. We are to love Him and adore Him. And we are to come to Him with a thankful, thankful heart. Thankful for His blessings that He gives to us. Thank you for His mercy like Luke was talking about in Sunday school today. Thanking Him for forgiving of your sin. And creating a new life in you. Making you a new person if you will. For everyone who is in Christ He is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. We should come to Him grateful for every blessing that He gives to us. We can even be thankful that He is with us in the trials of life. We can be thankful when we are in the valley of life and life seems to be uh, trying to drown us. The Bible says we are to still praise Him and be thankful because He is in the valley with us. And He will carry us through the valley. Today we're going to take just a little bit of a different approach to to fear. (laughs) And it is fear not. Fear not. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. I've been told, I I really didn't stop and count them this uh, this week, but I'm told that fear not is in the Bible 365 times. One time per day. That's not a coincidence, I can tell you. (laughs) Okay? 365 days. Every every day we can look to Him and say, fear not. So let's look at these verses today. I want to read them right up front, and then we will get on with the the message. Psalm 46, 1 and 2, it says, God is our refuge. God is my refuge and my strength. A very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, I will not fear, though the earth should change, and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride. God is my refuge and my Savior and strength. Well, you know, if if, if it's in the Bible for... 365 times, you would think that we draw strength from that and that would be an easy thing to do, shouldn't it? I mean, gosh, if it's in there that much and he's told us that many times about something. I mean, I mean, the Bible tells us if, if Jesus says something three times, that is a big issue. <laughs> That's like, listen, woo, 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 I want you to get this. And yet we see fear not is in there 365 times. And life is good, and we ought to be able to just hang on to all those verses and, 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 and just fear not. Don't be afraid of stuff. But we know that's not life, is it? That's not life when the, when the, when the doctor calls us and says, hey, you got, hate to tell you this, but you got lung cancer. Don't fear. <laughs> I hate to tell you this, but you got to have open heart surgery. And what we're going to do is we're going to stop your heart for a little bit and then we're going to jump start it again and, and, and get her going again. And, and, but don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. We, we got this, they would tell you. 
Or how about the time when, when, when you get a phone call and, and, and the doctor says, hey, uh, your child is, is really sick, really sick, and, and not sure we're going to make it. I can't imagine the fear that would come over somebody when they heard that. How about the boss says, uh, enjoyed working with you, but you're no longer needed at my place of business. And you find yourself unemployed. I can't imagine the fear that might come into a person's heart, even a Christian. What's he going to do about that? A friend calls and says, hey, uh, your best buddy that you've had for all of your life has just passed away. What are you going to do? Fear. Or just life in general. Life in general. (laughs) My goodness. All the anxieties of life. The struggles of life, the difficulties of life, when, when life tries to step on you and keep you down, and, and we see that, and, and, and you and I both know it, it begins to well up inside of you, that anxiety and that fear, if you would, and yet it says fear not, and yet we know that we have those kinds of things that are coming, and how are we going to deal with them? What do we do when the earth changes what do we do when the mountains of life slip into the sea what do we do when the rivers of life roar and foam against us or the mountains of life when they begin to quake what do we do where do we go Psalm 41 6 says this God is my refuge God is my shield and my protector. God is my storm shelter, if you would. God will protect you in any of those situations. I remember, and I I don't know if I've told you this, probably have many, many moons ago when we first got married. Tornado was coming right at our house. Luckily, we had a storm cellar. And we got in the storm cellar and closed the door and kind of held the door shut, make sure that sucker didn't open up. And we could hear the storm passing almost over, right over us directly. And you could feel the pressure that the storm was doing. And, and we got out and the house next to ours was completely demolished. Ours had a little bit of damage. And, and I just remember thinking and being prayerful and and just uh, thinking wow here we are in this storm cellar and 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 the the storm was raging above us and around us and yet we are sitting here safe because we're in this storm shelter and I'm here to tell you today that is how God operates when when we read that verse that says God is our refuge he really is our storm shelter because when the, when the storms of life rage, guess who's got us in the palms of his hand? Guess who's got us wrapped up around in his arms? It is God Almighty who will take care of us, even though the storms are raging and the winds are blowing in your life. God is there. God is your refuge. God is going to protect you. Psalm 91.11 says it this way. For he will give his angels charge concerning you 
to guard you in all of your ways. To guard you in all of your ways. God is our refuge. When the storms of life rage, where do you go? Where do you go? Do you go to the arms of a loving Savior who says, I am your storm shelter, I am your protector? Or do you try to weather the storm on your own and by your own strength? You see, that is a tremendous promise, if you ask me, that God is my refuge. And he won't ever deny that. The second thing we see in that verse, it says, God is also my strength. When your earth changes, he is still your strength. When we receive bad news, I, I, I know what we have a tendency to do. Sometimes the, the news is so bad, it's like, man, I don't want to get out of bed. <laughs> and you don't have any energy and you don't have any desire if you've ever been there. You just don't want to, want to get up and go today because of what life has been doing to you. How, how do we function how do we move forward? How do we, how do we take one step and keep going when your earth has changed, when your life has changed, when life has just stomped you in the face? God says what? He says, I'm your strength. When you didn't get out of bed, God is your strength. When you have no desire to deal with life, God is your strength. When you don't know what tomorrow holds because you've just lost your loved one, your spouse maybe. God is your strength. You see, that's not an option. That's a promise that he has given to us. Sometimes we pray, I think, I hope you do. When those kind of times come in your life. And you pray, God, I don't. No, I don't get it, and I don't understand it, Father. And you know what? It's okay to pray that prayer. It's okay. Father, your word tells me, God, that you will provide my strength, and you will provide me a storm shelter when the life's coming at me like this. And God, I don't know how, I don't know why, I don't know what I'm going to do. But I'm going to stand on your promise that says, you are my strength. Philippians 4.19 says it this way. And my God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. And when we're in the mountain, when we're in the valleys of life and the storms are raging, that verse still applies to every one of us. And my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Man, we serve a huge God that just loves us so much. And he knows when you're in the valley. And he'll supply your strength, your storm shelter. Whatever you need, he's in there with you. Doesn't mean he's going he's gonna to take you out of the storm. But he's going to be in there with you. Until he leads you out of the storm. Man, we serve a great Savior. The third thing we see there. He is your help during difficult times. God is your help. He is your present help, the Bible would say, in difficulties. 
I'm just going to read those verses that he's got up to you because it says that a whole lot better than I can ever say it. I'm figuring out the more I do this preaching thing, his word is, is a lot better than what I got. For some reason, I don't know why, but it just is. Psalm 34, 15 says this, The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. That's a good verse. Verse 17, The righteous cry, and the Lord hears and delivers them from all their troubles. Verse 18 is another good one. The Lord is near the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Not a bad verse. Verse 7, and here's it again. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. See, he's, he's with us during difficult times. And if you just take those verses right there, we, we see a glimpse of, of who God is when we're in the valley. Those verses said that he is near us when we're struggling. He's near us. Those verses said he hears us and he sees us when we are brokenhearted and when we are struggling. Those verses said he saves us and he delivers us during those difficult times. And why? He's got his angels encamped around us to protect us. When you think that you're all alone and you think that, that nobody's hurting like you are, you have a holy God and a Savior that is near and he sees and he hears and he saves and he delivers and his angels are camped around you. Yes, yes, he is our present help in time of trouble. Thank you, Lord, for that promise. And then the beginning of verse 2 sums all this up. Therefore, <laughs> it says, I will not fear. Therefore, I will not fear. Why will I not fear? Because he is my shelter. He is my strength. He is my help. And therefore, I don't have to fear what I'm dealing with right now. Thank you, Father, for that. Well, how do we get there? What do we need to do on our part? I mean, there's the promises God's given to us when fear starts coming in. How, what, what do we need to do? How can we help solve this issue in our life? Well, the first thing I think that we need to do is trust God. Trust God. You see, Psalm 3, 5 says it this way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Wow. What a great promise. Trust. Do you trust him? That verse says trust him. Do you trust him? Do you believe do you believe that, he is, that, he, that he's near and sees and hears? Do you believe that he's a friend and not the enemy? Do you believe that he will do everything he says in his promises? Do you trust him enough to just... We trust him for eternity, don't we? But do we trust him for the next five minutes? The next ten minutes? 
Do we trust him when we're in the valley? Well, I know he's going to, I know I'm, I'm, I'm good there. But how about today? Do we trust him? And do we trust him with all of our heart? Do we, do, do we love him with our heart and our soul and our mind? Do we love him that much? You see, if we trust in his word and stand on his word and we love him that much. And we don't just think we got all the answers. It says do not lean on our own understanding. Don't think we got all the answers because I, I promise you, you don't. And I don't. But we've got, God's got a plan for your life. And his plan is a good plan. It is a perfect plan. If you'll just let him use his plan in your life. And when we acknowledge him, he will make our path straight. See, that's trusting in him. Trusting him. I don't understand God, but I won't trust you anyway. Psalm 23, 4. I love it. How this says. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. What does it say? I will fear evil. Yes. Perfect. I will fear no evil. I go through the valley of the shadow of death. And that shadow of death could be a lot of things. But I don't fear because your rod and your staff and your protection and your loving arms comfort me during this time. You see, that's trust in the Lord. That's a promise in the Lord. We trust him, do we not? We pray, we believe, we are being obedient. We stand on his promises. Father God, I don't get it. Father, I wish there was a different plan here, God. I wish I was not in this valley. But God, I trust you. I trust you because I know, I know that you have a plan for my life. I know that you know that I'm going, what I'm going through. And I might not like it, Father, but just like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. If there's another way, God, let's do it. But if not... Your will be done. You see, we're in a valley. We've got to trust him. We've got to trust him. And when we trust him, that eliminates the fear that we might have. Romans 8, 28 says what? And we know God causes all things to work together for good. To those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. Many times we're in the valley because God wants to teach us something. He wants to mold us and shape us into a person that looks like his son so that we get a bigger picture, a better picture of who God is in our life. I believe we learn more in the valleys than we do in the mountaintops. Do we trust him enough to let him work in our lives? The second thing I would tell you to do, don't focus on the fear. Don't focus on the fear. But boy, we do that, don't we? Man, something comes in our life and, man, I got to tell somebody. Man, I gotta, I gotta go converse with somebody. I gotta keep talking about this. I gotta keep bringing this up, and we bring it up so much, and we talk about it so much, and and and, and our minds become so so uh, geared for the the problem that we got and the fear that we've got that that keeps welling up inside because we just gotta keep talking about it, and so many times we just keep doing that and we forget, we forget. To take it to the God who provides everything. We, we forget to take it to 
Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. We forget to take it to the great physician. We forget to take it to El Shaddai, God Almighty. We forget to take it to the Prince of Peace and the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we spend more time talking about to everybody else the issues that we've got. And we forget to go to the one who can give us strength and refuge and help in our time of need. I would urge you to quit talking about your issues and take them, talk to him about your issues and let him give you what you need, whatever you need. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, some great verses, great verses, some of my favorite verses again. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, what? Let your requests be made known to God. I'm in the valley, God, I'm going to tell you about it, good deal. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. There's not a better verse when you're dealing with anxiety and stress and in the valley. That is a promise. That promise has to become more than words on a page. It has to become DNA in your heart. And believe it, trust him. And he'll make it happen. And then the next verses, verses, uh, verses 8 and 9, I, I, it, it tells you what we can do after we've, after we've prayed to him about these issues that we've got. It says this, brethren, that's Christians, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. You see, we take our focus off of what we're dealing with and we put our focus on who? The Lord. We put our focus on the Lord. And then the next verse, the next verse, I like it too. There's a lot of verses I like here for some reason, I don't know. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, not me, but the writer. I love this next word. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Practice these things. What things is that? Practice praying to God Almighty. Practice being thankful. Practice thinking, putting your minds on those things that are true and honorable and pure. Practice those things. And when that fear comes up in you because of something going on, you can either allow that to stay in your brain Or you can practice the things dealing with true and honest and pure and put those things in your brain. I'm telling you, it works. Because as God's Word says, it will work. Don't focus so much on your issues. Focus on the one who can solve your issues. And that is God Jehovah. That is God Almighty. That is God El Shaddai. Third thing, real quickly. We can choose to praise him when we're in the valley. When that fear comes up, we can choose to praise him. There's a story in the book of Habakkuk. That's Habakkuk. That's not the book of Tubacca. That is Habakkuk, okay? He was a prophet in the Old Testament, okay? And, and he, is a, he is a godly man. He's a godly man. He even got a book in the Bible. I mean, my goodness. He, so he had something going for him, you know? 
But his country is fixing to be overrun by the enemy, the Chaldeans, I believe. And he knew that his, his country would be defeated. He knew he would either be captured or killed, one of the two. And, and the Bible says that, that as he was thinking about the future, what the future held probably for him and many of his countrymen. The Bible tells us that he trembled on the inside, which means his heart was pounding because of the fear that he was thinking about. It said his lips were quivering. Can you imagine? He said, my bones were just hurting because I'm under so much stress and so much hurt. And he said, my knees are shaking. You ever been that fearful? <laughs> I mean, your knees are shaking. Your lips are quivering. Your heart is just going 90 to nothing because of the fear that's going to happen. And this is a prophet of God. This is a, this is a guy that is not somebody off the street now. But then you go to verse 16 of that third chapter of Habakkuk. And his solution was this. He said, I waited patiently for the Lord to intervene. I waited patiently for the Lord to intervene. And then the next verse in, in verse 17, it says, I just chose to praise him at this particular point in my life. I praised him. And then the next verse, chapter 8, verse 18 says, I, I just was focused on the power and the promises of God. Wow. What a game plan. When, when, when you are in that valley, why don't you just patiently wait for the Lord to intervene? Why don't you take time just to praise Him because of who He is, of His grace and His mercy and His love for you? And why don't you focus on His power that He can do these things? And the promises that He's given to us as we stand on Him and we digest Him and we, and we get those in our system. I mean, if you don't remember anything else, I'd remember that. <laughs> Just wait on the Lord. He's going to intervene somehow. Praise Him. Think of His power and His promises. You see, that's a spiritual solution to a physical problem. And the Bible tells us when we have physical problems, the solution lies in the spiritual and not in the physical. Real quick, and I'll be done. Remember the, the promises of a future. You're in the valley. you got fear in your life. Remember what's going to come. And what's going to come? Christian, you have a home in heaven. That Jesus has been preparing a mansion for you. You're going to a place where there will no longer be any death and sorrow or crying or moaning or no more pain. Focus on that. The Bible promises absent from the body, present with the Lord. The Bible promises that we can have peace that surpasses all understanding now and for in eternity. The Bible tells us not to focus on the temporal. Focus on the eternal and how much better we would be if we would just do that, if we would just set our minds on those kind of things. Because, and I've told this verse, one of my favorite verses, how many times, I don't know, about our future, our eternity. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. What no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, or the heart of man can imagine, 
what God has prepared for us to reveal his glory to us. You see, we get bogged down on stuff here. And we don't think about stuff up there for eternity. Remember, when we become fearful, that he's got a better game one of these days for us. We can't even imagine the beauty of that. Last but not least, fight the temptation to fear. Fight that temptation. You see, do you know where fear comes from? Fear comes from the enemy. Fear comes from Satan himself. He wants us to fear. He wants us to be afraid. He doesn't want us to go to the Lord and find strength and refuge and help. He didn't want that. How do I know that fear comes from the Lord, comes from the enemy? 2 Timothy 1.7 says it this way. For he has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. You see, the, see, the enemy wants you to be afraid. He wants you to, to think about what's going on and fret and worry and be afraid. But the Lord says, don't, you don't have to do that. I didn't give you that spirit. I gave you a spirit of power and love and a sound mind so you can think for yourself. You see, one of the great things about God's promises in Ephesians is we can take the shield of faith, the shield of faith, and it will guard us from the fiery darts that the enemy's throwing at us. And I promise you, he'll throw the fiery darts at you. And we don't have to take them. We don't have to, have to absorb them. Because Ephesians says we have the armor of God. We have the shield of faith that's going to block the darts that he's going to shoot at us, the dart of fear that he's going to shoot at us. We don't have to be defeated by that because we've got a shield, we've got a refuge, we've got strength, we've got help in our times of trouble. One day I'll cross that river, I'll fight life's final war with pain. And then as death gives way to victory, I'll see the lights of glory and I know he lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because tomorrow he holds the future and life is worth the living because he lives. In conclusion, I don't know if you were a little kid did this or maybe you've had children that have done this. But you put them to bed and they're in their beds and they're asleep. And here comes the thunder and the lightning and the noise. You've all, we've all heard it. And the kid gets up out of their bed and they come running to you because they're scared. You don't say, get back in that bed and toughen up. No, you don't. I hope you don't. What do you do? You put your loving arms around them and you hug them and you love on them and you kiss them and say, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. And you can just feel them relax because they're in the arms of a parent who loves them so much. 
And now, even though the storm is raging outside, your little son or your little daughter is just like, oh, yeah, mom and dad's got me. That's a picture of Jesus. When the storms of life are raging and you run to him, he doesn't say, I get back to your bed, you loser, get tough. He puts his loving arms around you and say, it's going to be okay. The storm is going to be okay. And the lightning and the thunder flashes again. And he says, it's okay, my son, my daughter. You're here with me. I've got you. Aren't you glad that we have a Savior that does that? Aren't you glad that we have a God that's our refuge and our strength and our salvation and our help in time of need? When you're in the valley and fear begins to envelop you, I would urge you to run to the Savior who will be your storm shelter, who will be your strength, who will be your help in times of need. You see, there's a reason why fear not is in the Bible 365 times because he knows you and I that we're human and we know we have an enemy that wants to make sure that we get defeated and that we have fear, Trish. We don't have to be that way. Trust him. Trust the Lord. Don't focus on the issues. Focus on the Lord. Praise him even though you're in the valley. Remember what you have going for you. That's the future. Fight the temptation with the shield of faith that only you can do. As we begin our invitation time, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. It's not an evangelistic message by any stretch of the imagination, but I believe it's a message of encouragement. Because I know every one of us in our lives, we will face those kinds of fears. Fears that come from a physical issue. And as we see today, we can have a solution to that. It's a spiritual solution to a physical problem. And it all begins with holy God. El Shaddai, God Almighty. If you got fear in your life today, I would ask you to just take it to him right now. If you don't, that's great. But you will. And there's a solution I've given to you today. You do business with God right now. If you've never accepted Christ, it'd be a good time to do it. But you just do business with the Lord right now. I'm going to be quiet and let let you pray.